are living in an age of deception. Advertisers are able to make things look better than they really are. Movie producers can trick us into thinking what we see is real. By using clever computer graphics to depict huge tsunami waves crashing onto defenseless coastal villages, we believe we are seeing thousands of tons of water flattening whole communities. But it's all done in a studio. Here is a real picture. The photographer snapped this shot of a tsunami at the moment before a wall of water crashed on these unsuspecting people in Sri Lanka. This is the real thing. The political world has proved to be a world of smoke and mirrors, so that many voters have now become cynical and disillusioned. Who can we vote for with confidence, some are asking. And another deception? Well, sadly, it's in the religious world. Many people are searching for the truth, but find a confusing world of differing beliefs and doctrines. What is the truth? You can know, because the Bible claims that it is the truth, the one and only truth. Do you know the truth, or could you be deceived? Stay tuned. A warm greeting to our regular Tomorrow's World viewers. The irony of deception is this. A person who is deceived does not know he or she is deceived. You and I were born into a world that was believing and teaching its own ideas and philosophies. We simply absorb the beliefs of our parents and society. Someone born in Russia, say in 1956, believed that communism would give them wealth and happiness. But as Marxism was collapsing, many Russians began to doubt what they had been told. Maybe we need to examine what we believe. How can we know what the truth is and how can we live our lives in a way that will bring happiness? Wouldn't it be good to know the answer? Well, in today's program, we're going to see how and why the world has been deceived by a great spirit being and how we can escape his deceptions. Be prepared to learn some amazing truths. Could it be that God is not pleased with our religious customs and traditions because they're not his ways, but actually those of ancient pagans? By now, our regular viewers know that the Tomorrow's World presenters use the Holy Bible as the single authority on the program. We make no apology for this, and we always say, don't believe what we say unless you can prove it from your own Bible. So, if you have one handy, follow along as we read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Do you remember the day that you were told that Santa Claus was not real? Do you remember feeling angry? At first, maybe with the person who told you, but maybe even with your parents. So many children have been deceived by well-meaning parents and grandparents into believing a myth. No, not just a myth, but a lie. Does it matter 
Well, yes, it does. Because God does not compromise when it comes to the truth. Do you think he would associate himself with the Christmas myth of Santa Claus? Listen to what God tells us in Jeremiah chapter 10, reading from verse 2. Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers. Here is a description of a Christmas tree written by Jeremiah the prophet more than two and a half thousand years ago. And what does God say about it? Did you see that? It says, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. God says, don't do it. But we say to him, you know, there's no harm in it. It's a time for families. The Christmas tree was almost unknown in England 200 years ago, but Queen Victoria's German husband, Prince Albert, introduced it to them from his fatherland. And from there, its popularity spread to America. Did you know that Santa Claus in his red and white suit was popularized by the advertisements for Coca-Cola in the 1930s? So whom should we believe and follow? Should we follow our own thinking or our friends and family? Or should we be following God? Jesus Christ was confronted by the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7. They accused him of not following the traditions of the elders. He replied in verse 7, And in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. How much of our religion is vain? How much of it is futile? and based on the traditions of men. You know, it may come as a shock, but much of what we may be doing actually does not impress God at all. Now, how could this be, you might ask? Well, religious deception comes from a source that we need to understand. Religious deception comes from Satan the devil. In fact, the Bible makes a definitive statement, and we find that In the book of Revelation, in chapter 12, notice it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He deceives the whole world, not just the non-Christian world, but the whole world, including many sincere professing Christians. Now, you might ask, how could this be? Well, the basis for this amazing fact goes back to how our world began. Do you remember the events in the Garden of Eden? Remember how Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate of the forbidden fruit? God drove them out of the garden and they built their own world, cut off from God. For 6,000 years, this world has built its own civilization, its own governments, its own financial systems, and yes, its own religions. And so the result is a world of religious strife and confusion. In fact, have you ever wondered why Jesus Christ was not accepted by the religious leaders of his day? They accused him of all manner of evil. They said he was illegitimate. They questioned his religious education. And they even said he was of the devil. Why? Well, the reality is because they were the ones deceived by the devil. You know, the spirit world is real. In fact, more real than the physical world. God is the creator of all things, including the spirit world of angels and archangels. 
One of the archangels was a covering cherub named Lucifer. Let us read about this super spirit being in the book of Isaiah. In chapter 14, verse 12, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You know, Lucifer became filled with vanity and pride. He wanted to compete with God himself. And actually, his plan was to overthrow God and place himself as ruler of the universe. But he failed. And at that point, his name was changed to Satan, which means adversary. He's our enemy and wants to destroy us. He can appear as a God of light, but he is really darkness and all that is evil. Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples in Luke chapter 10 and verse 18 and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12 and notice verse 3. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. In other scriptures, we learn that angels are also called stars. And so we see here that one third of the angels were cast down to earth when Satan fell like lightning. Now, these fallen angels, where are they today? Well, sadly, these are the forlorn demons that roam the earth in misery. Jesus encountered them in his ministry, and he cast them out of the miserable people that they had possessed. Satan and his demons have influenced the religions of the world into many forms of worship. Some religions like to have pomp and ceremony uh, with richly colored robes and grand architecture. Others emphasize the worship of the dead by burning candles and leaving offerings at the graves of their relatives. Others rely on rote prayers and mantras, repeating certain words over and over again till the person falls into a trance. Yet others fall down and worship idols, carved out of stone or wood. Do you know what God says about that? He says in Leviticus chapter 26 and starting in verse 1, You shall not make idols for yourselves. Neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves, nor shall you set up an engraved stone to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. Do you see people setting up carved idols? Do you see people kneeling down to them? Well, God says, you shall not make idols for yourself. And when Satan tempted Christ to fall down and worship him, what did he answer? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. To help you understand how cleverly Satan has deceived the world, we're offering you this free booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. You will be amazed to read how much of so-called Christianity is really the old Babylonian religion repackaged with a Christian label. It may surprise you that so many of the traditions some of us follow have their origins in the old city of Babylon. Phone the number on the screen and request your free copy of 
Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Or you may wish to go to tomorrowsworld.org where you can order your free copy. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Take a look at this picture. Have a look at the picture of the Mona Lisa. It's probably one of the most famous pictures in the world, painted by Leonardo da Vinci. Let's ask the question, is this an original or a copy? Well, I think most of you realize that if this was the original, we would be surrounded by armed guards because the original is worth millions of dollars. But this one, well, we paid a few dollars for it. So you can see that this is not the original, in fact, is a copy. You know, not all copies or counterfeits are as easy to spot. Could you be deceived? Have the scriptures we have read so far surprised you? Did you know that God inspired these words? We've mentioned that there is a counterfeit Christianity. How could this be? Maybe it would help to have a dictionary definition. Here is what Webster's Dictionary gives us for the word counterfeit. Made in imitation, to be passed off fraudulently or deceptively as genuine. Not genuine. Other words that are associated with a counterfeit are, of course, fraud and forgery. You know, to understand how a fraud has been passed off on so many people, we need to understand where and how a counterfeit resurrected God was introduced to the ancient Babylonians and Greeks. Soon after the flood, the city of Babylon was built, and it became the source of all the myths of India, Egypt, Greece, and Rome. In fact, two people stand out. The one is a goddess named Ishtar, and she had a son whose name was Tammuz. Now, remember that these names, because they are important, this goddess and God became known as Isis and Osiris in Egypt. To the Greeks, they were known as Aphrodite and Adonis. And the Romans worshipped them as Venus and Adonis. Now, scholars of ancient mythology seek the same pattern of a goddess having a son whom she later resurrected after his death. His resurrection was always at springtime. Now, one such scholar was E.O. James, and he wrote a study of the cult of the mother goddess, published in 1959 by Thames and Hudson in London. On page 49, he introduces the Babylonian god Tammuz. Now, he was the son of Inanna, or we know her as Ishtar. It's from Ishtar that we actually take the name of, believe it or not, Easter. Let me quote from this book. Annually, he, that is Tammuz, 
died in the normal rotation of the seasons and passed into the land of darkness and death, from which there was no return for ordinary mortals. Inanna, also known as Ishtar, had determined to visit the nether regions in order to rescue her lover and son. On page 50 we read, This theme of the suffering god and the sorrowing goddess was enacted accompanied with the bitter wailing and the singing of dirges over the effigy of the dead god. In the laments of the priests and people, the cry of the suffering youthful god was echoed until he was released by the goddess to the upper world as her resurrected child. So why should we show such an interest in that name Tammuz? Well, let me show you. God condemns the worship of Tammuz specifically in Ezekiel chapter 8. In this chapter, we are told of the wicked abominations of the 70 elders of the house of Israel. In fact, in verse 13, let me read. And he said to me, turn again and you will see greater abominations that they are doing. So he brought me to the door of the north gate of the Lord's house. And to my dismay, women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. God tells us we must worship him and him only. You can't mix the two. The apostle Paul tells it like it is. In Romans chapter 1 verse 25, he addresses those people in his day who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Pagan religions are based on the generative cycle of the sun as it grows stronger in spring and then weakens towards the end of summer. Their practices included sexual acts between men and women to promote the fertility of the soil. In fact, some of their practices, well, they're just not appropriate to mention on the program. You can read more about the amazing fraud that has been foisted on an unsuspecting and naive world. Phone the number on the screen to receive your free copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. There's no charge, and we do not pass on your personal details to a third party. Your name and address remain strictly confidential. You will also receive a free copy of our bi-monthly magazine, Tomorrow's World. So why don't you call now or visit tomorrowsworld.org to order your copy of this booklet. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World Magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. In the last part of the program, we are going to see just how this fraud of false Christianity crept into the true church of God. How early did this process of counterfeiting begin? 
Is it something that is recent? Well, believe it or not, it happened almost as soon as the New Testament church began. The Apostle Paul was aware of a false gospel that was creeping into the true church. He warned the Galatians in chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. He then pleaded with the Corinthians in his second epistle. Let us turn there to chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians and in verse 4. He says, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. It is possible to have a different Jesus to the true Jesus of the Bible. It's possible to have a different spirit and a different gospel. Could you, in all sincerity, be worshipping a false Jesus? Check it out. When was Jesus Christ born? Was it December the 25th? No. This date was the same as the Roman Saturnalia when they celebrated the rebirth of the sun after the shortest day of the year. Mistletoe, ivy and holly, they're all green at this season. They're still alive while the rest of the forest sleeps and is still. What seems to be an innocent practice of kissing under the mistletoe is actually an old pagan custom and is not Christian. How long was the true Jesus in the grave? Well, in Matthew 12, verse 40, he gave just one proof, and one proof only, that he was the Messiah. Notice what it says in verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You know, a fourth-grade child can do the math and tell you that you cannot squeeze three days and three nights into a Good Friday, Easter Sunday scenario. Once again, don't believe me. Prove it from your own Bible. Let us consider what we can do to remove ourselves from any deception that we may have fallen into. Prove that God exists. It may seem a strange thing to ask you, but have you proved that God exists? You know, I didn't know that God existed even though I had been told it, I had to prove it for myself. Prove that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. You know, many people think that the Bible is just another history book or maybe the philosophical ideas of nomads in the desert. Well, you can be sure that the Bible is God's Word. Pray and ask Him to prove this to you and be assured that He will give you the faith you need. Now, once we know that God is real and that his word is sure, we can study the Bible with confidence. And then faith, which is a gift of God, will be given to us. And he will open our eyes and our minds to marvelous truths. As we compare what we have been taught with what the Bible actually says, we'll be astounded. Astounded by the differences. We don't want our viewers to worship God in vain. It's possible to think that we're worshipping God, but at the same time, be deceived. So listen to what Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 7 and here in verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name 
cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, sincerity alone is not enough. Sincerely obeying God is what is required. In fact, the apostle James tells us in chapter 1 and verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Notice, deceiving yourselves. Yes, it is possible to deceive ourselves by sounding religious or looking religious, but in reality, fooling ourselves and others. Have you taken the time to seriously examine what you believe and why? Have you just accepted what others have told you rather than proving it for yourself? The well-known historian Will Durant had this to say in volume 5 of his book, The Story of Civilization, on page 595. Christianity did not destroy paganism. It adopted it. And then on page 599, we have this amazing statement. Christianity became the last and the greatest of the mystery religions. Historians who are honest about the origins of Christianity are in no doubt as to where its customs and traditions come from. Jesse Hurlbut tells us on page 79 and 80 of his book, The Story of the Christian Church. Listen to what he says. The adoration of the Virgin Mary was substituted for the worship of Venus and Diana. The Lord's Supper became a sacrifice in place of a memorial. The church gradually usurped power over the state, making the church mainly a political machine. Now, there is good news to be found in the book of Revelation. This is the last book of the Bible. So if we turn there and see that it tells us what will shortly come to pass and what will be the fate of Satan the devil. In chapter 20, notice here in verse 3, after taking hold of the devil, he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him so that he should deceive the nations no more. Throughout the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on earth, God's truth will prevail and all the perverse customs of the Babylonians will vanish. Do you long for that day? Do you want to be freed from deception? Well, you can take steps now by asking for your copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Join us again next week when Roderick Meredith and Richard Ames will once again bring you the good news of tomorrow's world. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org.
preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God. 